everyone, and this is episode 17 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And today we're going to kind of jump around in a different way, uh, just because it's just the way things kind of lined out. And we, we're going to start actually with Psalm 47, and this psalm is essentially, you know, just a huge praise to the Lord and for the nations and a command for the nations to to shout out to God with cries of joy. You know, it's such a, a a psalm filled with worship and praise, which is a huge um, component in our relationship with the Lord. And you know, sometimes people think that prayer is just for, you know, pretty much going before the Lord with all these requests, but, you know, we're to go there and, and to worship him, you know, all the time and, and, you know, give him praise. And the thing that, you know, I notice in the psalmist is, you know, you, he chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved and, and that he is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of, na- of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. And so that's just something that we can give praise to the Lord to is that he's just, you know, he's there, always there. And, you know, he's king of all the earth. And so we're we're actually going to jump into Joshua because... We see in Joshua this, you know, how great God is is working. And so we get in, into Joshua in, in chapter 5. And what has happened is, you know, there's this renewing of the covenant in a way. Because circumcision was part of the covenant. And in that time, the, the Israelites, after you know, Egypt, the newer generation had not been circumcised uh, while out in the desert. And so they were circumcised at that point. And it was a, a form of renewing the covenant. Um, you know, it was a sign of their obedience to the covenant and, and that in order, and they also take Passover in order for them to begin the actual conquest, they had to show obedience to the covenant and renew this covenant with the Lord. And so they do this. And, you know, in our lives, you know, there's, there's times where we just renew, you know, our covenant with God, you know, and, and so they, they renew this covenant. And the next day when they're, or not on the next day, but after, you know, the Passover is celebrated, Joshua goes near Jericho and he sees this man and it's an angel, you know, a commander of the army of the Lord who's there. And just this part, I just love this part in the book of, the, of Joshua where he comes across this angel and, you know, the description is this man standing in front of him with a, a drawn sword in his hand and that he's a commander of the Lord's army. And 
you know, Joshua goes, are you for us or for our enemies? And he says, neither. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. And so Joshua falls down and the commander tells him to take off his sandals um, for the place where you are standing as holy as Joshua did so, or in Joshua did so. And and so he's made aware of God's unseen presence and in his heavenly army prepared to do battle. So essentially this angel is going out to do battle before the Israelites. So that's just something that speaks to us is that God is with us. He's always reigning and his army is around us at all times. That there are spiritual forces fighting on our behalf as well as against us. You know, we have Satan who... You know, just because we, you know, we will talk about that in the book of Luke today that, you know, essentially when we accept Jesus as our Lord, it doesn't mean that Satan goes away. He's, he's going to be a menace and even more of a menace. You know, I was, I had found a meme on, well, not necessarily, necessarily meme, but a posting on Facebook years ago. And it said, you know, if you do not I'll feel the attack of the enemy. He already has you. And so, you know, his eyes are not going to be focused on those that he already has going down the pathway of destruction. He goes after those who are already, you know, serving him. And so, you know, there's this angel going out to, you know, fight for him and for the Israelites. And we get to the, the, the city of Jericho in this story. It's, you know, it's just so amazing. And they actually have found the ruins of Jericho and actually, you know, they've determined that Jericho fell because of a great earthquake. So you look at this story and what happens is it confirms, you know, the word confirms what happened to Jericho. And and we see that when they say it's an earthquake, it also, you know, validates what the word says happened to it. And that the people, they march around for seven days. And what it was, was and essentially the the people of Jericho were so scared that they were they had locked themselves in they didn't want to fight the Israelites and they thought that just hiding that maybe the Israelites were going to ignore them and it wasn't that way and they probably were wondering why they were just going around each day and essentially you know when he's telling them to not give a war cry to not raise their voices to not say a word until the day he tells them to shout then shout, then what it was is he was pretty much telling the people to shut up because in, you know, prior to that, it was their words that caused them to wander in the desert for 40 years. And so he did not want this to happen again. And essentially they were, the they were going around and the ark was going around. I believe that this was a form of worship was going to go. And, and then the shout 
you know, brings down the walls of Jericho. And I believe worship is a huge part when we're in spiritual battles, that worship and, and praise can, has as much of an effect as a weapon against the enemy than, than just sitting there and praying verses all the time or just being in prayer. You know, worship can, you know, bring down walls. And, you know, seven days is, is, you know, seven means, you know, being complete. It's God's number is the number seven. And, and so seven, I believe is just them essentially, you know, that this is complete and then they get a chance to shout and that's when the earthquake happens. And... There's a command that the Lord gives them in verses 18 through 19 that they are to keep away from the devoted things so that they will not, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. These were the first fruits. Just like they were to have first fruits with their their livestock and with their you know produce or their crops, they were also having first fruits for their battle conquest. So Jericho was supposed to be a first fruit. The people were slaughtered except for Rahab, the prostitute, and those who were in her home. So they were spared. However, we read about the story of Achan and his sin that he coveted and he hid these things out of secrecy. And we see this defeat at Ai because of his sin. And we see Joshua, he, he has a moment of where his faith lapses and he wonders, am I doing the right, right thing? And the Lord grabs his attention and says, wake up. You know, it's not, you know, it, it was essentially, he was saying, you know, the promises I've given you, but here's the problem. Somebody has sinned and you need to find them out. Otherwise you will not conquest. And so they go by and they, they do the lot because in that time they weren't, you know, Joshua had the spirit of the Lord on him, but the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling. And we will see that in the book of Acts where the lot is used one last time. And then they go by what the Holy Spirit says. And Achan is, his family is brought out and he does confess his sin, but he's still punished because of his sin. And we, and people go, man, this is harsh that even his, his sons, his daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, all that he had, had to be stoned to death. And it was because, you know, they, they most likely knew what Achan had done and hadn't said anything. And because of that, you know, they, they were punished as well for hiding that, which is sad, but 
because I believe that they would have actually just right from the beginning told Joshua, hey, he's holding back stuff. That would have solved it way beforehand, but that's not what happened. And it's a, it's a message to us that we have to be totally obedient to the Lord and what he says to do and not take shortcuts and not hold back as well, especially when things start getting better and the promises are being fulfilled, not holding back and just being content, but continuing to pursue forward and and also, you know, when, you know, I, I think of people that have been praying for a job and they get a job, but they hold back tithe. You know, they're giving when they're poor, but when they start making money, they hold back on the tithe because they're happy where, where they're at. And it's like, no, you can't hold back. That That's the Lord's. And it's just anything, holding back anything from the Lord, what he's asking for. And so that's what essentially happens, and we're going to end there at Joshua, and we're going to kind of jump into Proverbs real quick. I'll take a quick break. We're back, and we're going to kind of generally kind of talk about chapter 9 of, of Proverbs. I think sometime later on we'll We'll really go deeper into Proverbs at a different time, but uh, we're going to just kind of jump into chapter 9. For the next podcast, we start chapter 10 and we'll, we'll start discussing because we'll actually be getting into actual Proverbs. This is just kind of the introduction of, of what Proverbs is about. And it's, you know, an invitation of wisdom and, and folly. That wisdom makes an invitation you know, for for the simple to come. And we also see with folly that folly makes an invitation as well. But wisdom asks for, for those who are simple to leave their ways and to walk in the way of understanding. You know, and it's in our relationship with the Lord you know, we walk away from our sinful lives and and get into his word. And as we get into his word, we gain understanding of who God is and how to live our lives. And, you know, and it changes our attitudes, you know, talking about in, in Proverbs 9 that whoever corrects a mock, mocker and invites insult, whoever, whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs and beauty abuse but it and they say do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you rebuke a wise man and he will love you so what that's essentially saying is a wise man you know you know when we are truly wise people who want to please god we're going to welcome loving rebuke and criticism you know especially those that we are so close with because that's accountability you know, that's accountability, especially in areas where we struggle. And that's just something that is so important in the body of Christ. Why we fellowship together. It's because as believers, we hold each other accountable 
you know, we fellowship together, but we also get close to each other and hold each other accountable when it can, comes to our spiritual walk. Because, you know, if we see, you know, one of our Christian friends that's, you know, not walking in the way and you are their accountability, you have to bring it to their attention what they're doing. And you can do it in a loving, gentle, Christ-like way. Because that's what we are supposed to do as, as, you know, children of God. And we see Jesus does that in, we're going to jump into the book of Luke with the story of Martha and Mary. Now, Martha, what she was doing, she was a servant. You know, she was a servant. And I'd like to say, you know, some people are a little bit critical of Martha because of, of this story, but Martha... If Martha wasn't there, Jesus and the disciples would have been starving because she was doing the work. What the problem was, was her heart, you know, needed a, a check because she was getting irritated that Mary, who, you know, was supposed to be, should have been working and helping, wasn't. Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet and her attitude you know wasn't her attitude wasn't right and we can see that in service you know today especially in church services you do have those people that are so devoted to the Lord and they're they're serving especially at their type two is like I'm partially type two. I'm more of a type one, but I also have type two in me, which type two is a, a servant attitude. And really, those people, that's their identity. And when you take it away from them, they feel like their identity is gone. And so they do need that gentle correction that this is not their identity. Their identity is in Jesus. But to feel appreciated for what they, they're doing. And what it was with the, the Lord, he gently rebukes her for what happened. And we're going to see in the book of John when we're going to meet these characters again because their brother Lazarus dies. And actually, it's not Mary who's the first one that shows up. It's Martha that meets Christ when he comes after her brother's been dead. And we see such faith come from Martha. So it's not saying that, you know, Martha didn't care about Jesus. Her heart just wasn't in, her focus wasn't right, is what we should say. Her focus was in the wrong area. And sometimes as believers, we can, especially when you're in a church that's smaller and you need all the help that you can get, you can kind of get so focused on trying to get somebody placed somewhere and you get irritated when somebody just seems to be just there for the service, to hear the word, and to worship, and that's it. And it can get frustrating because, yes, at some point, you know, they have to step up into, you know, the spiritual giftings that they've been given. But if they're a brand new believer, you want them to be absorbing that word. And, and Mary's heart was in the right way. Her heart was about listening to Jesus and and being there in his presence 
And we can all take that example of wanting to be in his presence. But we can also be like Martha as well and being in service. And, and it's a balance that you have to, to work at. And it takes teamwork. But as we see with Jesus, he was there and he held Martha accountable. And it was amazing. We don't hear what she ends up doing. We don't see what happens. But I do see like in the book of John, we do see her later on where she's actually the first one to come out to Jesus and not Mary. So it's just amazing. And now in chapter 11, Jesus, or not Jesus, but Luke chooses to put the teaching on prayer later. Now, as I, I have learned with the book of Matthew, Matthew categorized everything based on kind of teachings. Uh, his is the teaching gospel in a way. And, and so we look at, at this part and you don't want to just get all caught up going, well, why did this get put later? It's probably just the way that, that Luke decided how the Holy Spirit had him write out his gospel. That's just how it is, you know, and, and that's how the Holy Spirit led him to, to write this out. And he talks about prayer and the thing that he points out is the friend at, at midnight and, and that you can ask, ask with boldness. And that's how prayer is, is God doesn't want us to be, you know, beating around the bush. He wants us to come and when we are, are, are believers and we're in prayer with him and in fellowship with him, we have that access to him as the father, just as we have access to our parents, as we have access to our spouses. And that's what it is, is access. And when you have such access like that and such freedom, you're not afraid to ask the Lord what is on your heart. And, you know, especially if you've been fellowshipping with him for a long time and you know what his will is, the, the boldness that comes out is going to align to his will. And so, and the father, you know, he, Jesus reminds them that, you know, if you, your son asks for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? No. And that's how the Lord is. His you know, his, his promises are yes and amen, as we know in the Bible. And sometimes we don't, yeah, we, we wonder about unanswered prayers. They're not unanswered. God gives you an answer. And he may be saying, not yet, or yes, or later, or you know, I have something better for you. That's how God is. Then we kind of just jump into this with with Jesus and Bezilbub. And that's just something that's been really on my heart, really, that the Lord has really placed upon is, you know, there was this criticism about 
Jesus, you know, what authority he had. And his authority was from the Father, but they were trying to say, these religious leaders, that was through through Satan. And you have to be careful. You know, I try not to be critical of other um, other churches, other Christians that don't go to the same church as me. I do realize that, you know, where their their beliefs differ, but I don't like to criticize ministers. And lately, I've noticed that in, especially with COVID-19, there's this attack of the enemy to try to bring division between Christians because you have some that are respecting government orders, they're, they're staying closed, they are, they're staying closed and, or doing, you know, they're, they're live streaming or they're drive up churches just to respect government authority. But then you have some that are saying, well, our first amendment rights being taken away. And there's such a division and I've noticed this just popping up and it's like, whoa, you know, and then you try to get dragged into it. And like, for me, it's hard because I work as a newspaper reporter. So, you know, I'm trying to report the facts and then you have some people that are telling you, well, you're just the media and you're the cause of the problem. And I'm like, I was just reporting the facts that there was somebody that was found with COVID-19, how could I be the problem, you know, and it's been hard for me, like, just to see that on Facebook, it's like, you know, I'm a believer, you know, I believe in Jesus, I'm just reporting the facts, <laughs> and that's what it was, is, and there's just this huge division, and, and it's like, it's got to stop, this is an attack of the enemy, and that's my prayer, is that this stops, because it's, And people, you know, my focus has been through this time that, yes, there's this pandemic going, but what does God want us to do during this time? How can the church rise up and be a light for those who are scared, for those who are sick, for those who are hurting? How can we be a light? That's where my focus has been on, you know, instead of the whole, let's watch you know, this whole thing about what these doctors say that is wrong. I'm, I'm focusing on what does the Lord want me to say and do as as the body of Christ here. And so we have to, and I don't criticize, you know, I know in some of them I'm good friends with, and I, I love them dearly as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray for them that, that, you know, that God would, would use them mightily, (laughs) but, you know, I think the enemy likes to use division to try to cause problems, and so, and we have to be open to that, and we see that here, that, you know, what ends up, and he kind of combines things, because Matthew, in the book of Matthew, and even in the book of Mark, it talks about you now if you criticize the Holy Spirit, it's it's what we is generally called the unpardonable unpardonable 
pardonable. I can't talk soon. And um, Luke doesn't do that in this in his gospel. It actually jumps into about this evil spirit that once it goes out of a man and then it tries to come back. And that's what I was talking about that, you know, when you become a brand new believer, you can't just go and become a brand new believer and then go on with your life, not reading the word, not getting into prayer, not going into church because you're opening up the door for the enemy to walk back in because he's always going to be this menace that's going to keep coming and you have to have the word in you you have to be in prayer you have to be in fellowship in order to gain those defenses to fight him because he's going to throw things back at you you know I see people who have been freed from drugs and alcohol but they're okay with not you know, because of Jesus and they're okay not reading the word and they go and they start missing Sundays because they want to go, you know, camping or something fun and they end up going back downhill. Then they're wondering why they're, they're back into bondage again. And it goes, it's like, you have to put a wall up. And it's a huge thing and it's not, people go, well, that's religion. No, it's relationship. When you are in the word, you're praying, you're getting into fellowship and, you know, yes, you can miss church every once in a while, you know, especially if you're sick, stay home, you know, if you're sick, you know, if you're on vacation, you know, somewhere else. You know, go, yeah, go find another church. Go meet some other brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you're nowhere near a church, you know, especially like in China or there's underground churches, I can understand, you know. But that's just something that we have to really strive for is to continue that relationship with the Lord. It's a big thing. You know, this is what this podcast is about, is being in the Word. You know, it's not just saying, yes, I'm saved, and then just go do whatever you want. So, that's just essentially what this this episode's about today. And um, for the next podcast, we're going to go over Joshua chapter 8 and 9, and then... Psalm 48 verses 1 through 7. We'll probably not discuss Psalm 48. We'll start going into the actual Proverbs. So we will discuss Proverbs 10 verses 1 through 3. Because each one's little bits and pieces that we can really take to heart. And then Luke chapter 11 verses 29 through 54 which is the rest of Luke chapter 11 so I'm going to end in a prayer and I just want to say thank you Lord Jesus for who you are that Lord you're amazing and we just give you the glory and the praise Lord Lord I just pray our lives would be just about worshiping you Lord and Lord just guide and direct us in our fellowship and our prayer time in our, our spiritual lives Lord to guard against the attack of the enemy, Lord. And that, Lord, we just thank you 
Lord, continue to bring revelation to us as we read your word. And we just thank you for who you are and what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm -hmm.